Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. My guest this week is Russell Ord. Russell is just an outstanding nature photographer, I would say, but your work goes above and beyond just mere descriptions because you are uh, an amazing uh, athletic photographer in that you, you, you are uh, photographing surfers during competitions and uh, <laughs> any other kind of movement-related activity, uh, whether they're making their boards or surfing the waves. Um, you are photographing the waves themselves, and uh, you're a filmmaker, documentary a photographer, Russell your work is just just sublime. It, it is just beautiful and amazing. And, and man, I, I am a big admirer of your work. How's, how's it going? I'm great. No, thanks for the uh, kind words. It's an amazing intro. But yeah, I, I just love shooting everything around that evolves with surfing in the ocean, really. It is... So the the way I discovered you is through Fujifilm's uh, many documentaries, and you had the chance to use the uh, I believe it was the XH two S, correct? No, I just did the XH two. I haven't used the XH two S as yet. I did the XH two. I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant it backwards. In my head, it was correct. Yeah, <laughs> I said it wrong. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure there's a little um, bit of a difference for Fuji there. Yeah. No, thank you for correcting me. Um, so first, tell, tell me how you enjoyed uh, using the camera um, it, just for your professional work. How, how, how did it treat you? And did you eventually uh, get one yourself? Yeah, I've, I've got one myself now. It only just came last week, but it, using the camera was great. Like it's, it's a little bit daunting because Fuji wanted me to shoot a campaign which revolves around obviously the ocean and surfing and um, you know this is six, six weeks out before they lock in dates and anyone that's shot surf in the past just knows that that just doesn't work. You need a, a quite a big window to get really good conditions and so they'll, yeah. they'll say to me in six weeks' time we want you to shoot on these two days because they've got to lock in obviously the videographers and all the other stuff needs to sort of fit in. And I um, flew into Sydney to do it, and Sydney was amongst a storm of all storms. There hadn't been surf for six weeks. It was uh, quite ugly, and I was just thinking, you know, what am I going to shoot with this camera? And um, started off pretty uh, pretty wet, but the, the sun came out for about half a day, and I got to work with Brett Bircher, a surfer I've worked in the past, and because I know you've got to work with, you know, incredible talent because it makes my job a lot easier and um, we're yeah. lucky to get a few shots. But the, the camera was, 
it's certainly I, I you know I can say it now it's certainly an upgrade from to from the XT4 for sure yeah how how do you go about housing a camera in such a short amount of time when, when well, the camera itself is brand new well normally I can't like it's it's pretty rare you can actually get shots from the water. So I've got a Aquatec housing, which houses a GFX 100S, and it also doubles up on my X-T4. You basically just need to change the back plate so all the buttons line up. So I was hoping if the camera wasn't too big, and I knew it probably wouldn't be as big as the GFX, I would be able to fit it in, but trying to work the buttons is another story. So I virtually had to shoot on auto which is something i've pretty much never done in the past because the, the surf with surf photography it really fools the camera because you've got like deep blues and all of a sudden you've got extremely white whites with a you know the wave yeah. exploding so it can fool it but i thought look I'll, I'll give it a go i can get it in the i can keep it dry i just can't change any buttons so, i mean i could um so i use the the new what was it, the new lens, the fifty-six mil? So I had it on, I had it on continuous focus and and just fired away and and hopefully got a few shots. So it was, yeah, it was an in- interesting, but it um I was pretty surprised how it performed. It was it was really good. I mean the focus was incredible, but I just love how you can just fire away now and and it just keeps shooting. There's no there's no lag, and I mean I wasn't even using the the new um, card that goes in the camera. I was just using an old old sd card so um but i've had it the last the week or so like full time and um yeah it's good with the new card in it so with with the brand new gear um and now it's part of your arsenal what else do you use to photograph uh ocean waves and surfing activities like what with my private well personal work i've been using the gfx 100 and then the gfx 100s just because i'm looking at um doing large print on you know a huge scale so that's been amazing because the detail from that i mean i don't know if you've used the gfx it's just incredible so that's been beautiful yeah still using that for personal work or work where i you know it doesn't matter if i miss a shot or two but if I'm using, like if I'm sort of documenting a, an athlete, a surfer for a brand, I'll, I'll go back down to the X-Series like an X-T4 or, and, and obviously now the X-H2, which, is, which I've only had the last week, but it's um, pretty amazing. So I've got that new 150 to 600 mil as well. So I'm getting a bit lazy. I, I could always, normally I just swim out, but sitting on the on the beach is, is quite comfortable as well so it's good <laughs> so th- this fascinates me um your let, let's kind of divide things up with the let's first start with the the artwork itself yeah where you're using the gfx system these are basically uh, they could be abstract they could be crystal clear but you are just photographing waves in various forms. Um, how how do you go about seeing seeing the the waves in in, in that that particular framing? Like, 
do you have to get up close and personal more often than not, or can you stay on shore and, and just use a zoom? And what do you find is like the best focal length to capture those those twists and turns and those like those silky movements? Um, because it, it's it's hypnotic and, and just surreal to to see these they can be geometric in nature. They could be, um, they, they can be uh, very fluid. <laughs> no pun intended there, but um, <laughs> just the nature could be so various. How do you go about even trying to capture something like this? Well, I started as a surfer myself, so it's all about the, the feeling of being in the water. So it's not really about the camera for me. It's about the feeling of photography. And that feeling for yeah. me is like being submerged in water, swimming out early mornings, you know, breath hold work. And, and all everything evolved with the feeling of the ocean comes first and then the photos come from that. So if I can swim... I will because I need to have that feeling of um, well, I call it the feeling of freedom. So it's um, that's how I like to shoot the ocean. So being in there and amongst it, and then um, I just just decide on how I want to shoot. If it's a little um, what what I would call sketchy, which means it's um, a little bit heavier than normal for me for my abilities, I might shoot with a longer lens because I can't afford to go over the falls or get smashed onto the reef, you know, especially with a camera housing. But, and then, um, but if I can shoot with a, a wide-angle lens, the wider you go, the, the more action you're in, you know, because obviously you've got to be up close and personal. But uh, it's, um, and sometimes, you, you know, you're shooting with a real long lens, just capturing the detail of the ocean, some things that you might not normally notice or see which is um which i like to do and then when it comes to surfers uh or, or any kind of uh documentary work uh uh that you have to go for a more uh quicker camera uh more uh something that'll capture the detail uh more frequently yeah it's just it's just a lot quicker the gfx is is obviously it's it's not really a sports camera even though i can shoot surfing occasionally but with um surfing you're trying to capture that incredible moment in time which is a split second in time so to have something like the xh2 now that's going to make it incredibly a lot easier and with surfing, the surfer might only get two or three opportunities to capture, you know, to ca- get a number of waves, and um, you don't want to miss those. So um, that's when I'll go down to the X series, and, and now having that just gives me, um, well, it gives me detail as well because it's um, a pretty nice camera. So you, you just got to, and you, you're shooting for other things like you with the surfer, you're shooting for the magazine, so you're shooting for brands as well, and. Um, like I'll normally start a shoot with trust trying to get what I call a stock standard shot. So I might use a longer lens and, and sit a little bit wider knowing that I, there's probably not much chance of me missing the shot. And when I get something under the belt, then I'll go to a wider lens and, and try, uh, 
a few funky angles um, and it, it's not as critical if I, if I, you know, get out of position or I swim out of position because I've already got a few shots under the belt. And then once I've got that, I'll look at different angles from the land and then the lifestyle surrounding it. So it's kind of like more like the environment around surfing, the athlete itself, and then the fine detail. So I normally just break it up into those three categories and, and shoot accordingly. That's amazing. And how long have you been uh, doing this professionally? Uh, for uh, working with the ocean with uh photography i've been doing it for 24 years but with surfing i've been a surfer i've been around the ocean for well i'm 48 now so probably 38 to 40 years so it's it's a lot of ocean experience and that's the that's the hardest part like if you were new to the game the hardest part of being a surf photographer is dealing with the ocean the, the camera is actually a fair bit easier than dealing with mother nature i would imagine so and in, in australia doubly that goes doubly so um is there anything in that country that isn't trying to kill someone <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody that gets off the plane for the first time think it's they're going to be standing on snakes as soon as they get in the ocean they're going they're going to get eaten by a great white shark but it's uh it's not that bad but we do you know you do have the occasional shark encounter especially um on this side of the coast well both sides of the coast now have been pretty notoriously bad so um and you know I'm not too sure why it sort of got a little bit more increased attacks in the last 10 or so years, but it's um, still pretty rare, like maybe one or two a year. So, and there's a lot of ocean goers in Australia. You know, I think, I think 90% of the population of the whole of Australia lives somewhere on the coast. Yeah, uh, but, but man, what a coast. <laughs> it's certainly rugged. It's, um, it's definitely rugged down um, on the West Coast. It's uh, really raw. Like We get a lot of big swells here, and um, yeah, you've you got to know what you're doing in the ocean down this way. Compare that to uh, other oceans, that uh, other parts of uh... – the world that you photographed uh how where where do you find like the best conditions uh is it australia or has there has there been other places that you you favored more than uh uh where you are now i think for power wise equivalent to power and rawness it'll be um here on our coast and and hawaii they can they get compared quite a bit because of just the amount of volume of water in the waves and they come from a long way and they break quite heavily. I mean, Hawaii gets a lot more eyes on it because so many good pro surfers there, they have a number of incredible competitions and they have the, they also have the, they can wear board shorts in, in winter there. So it's pretty nice. It's a, <laughs> pretty nice there, but I, I like it here as well, just because it's a little bit more secluded and, um, you can still get away from the crowds and, and find different forms of ocean on your own. So, but it's um, that they're quite comparable. But there's beautiful spots all around the world. Every part, every every coastline's got its own 
you know, own pros and cons and this is just where I live. So I love it. I mean, I love shooting in Tahiti. Tahiti's beautiful. It's powerful. It's beautiful, clear water. And the Tahitian people themselves are an amazing race. They're so friendly, really, really good crew. And um, then you've got Indonesia. There's People are exploring all parts of the, the world for different and new waves, that's for sure. Everyone's trying to um, find their little piece of paradise. That's amazing. And so we're going to rewind the clock a little bit. Um, prior to uh, you using Fujifilm, since you've been doing this for about 20 years now, um, what were you using before you switched over to the X-Series? So I started with uh, Nikon film cameras and then I converted to um, digital probably a little bit too early because I converted to digital to Nikon, um, what was it back then, like a D100 or I'm trying to remember. I didn't really like yeah. I didn't really like it. I went back to film and then um, – the magazines were then asking for more digital as well, so then I changed back over, and I, I just I just stayed with Nikon the whole time until I had an opportunity to. Um, Fuji kind of rang out of the blue and asked me to shoot a campaign around water with the it might have been the XT two, yeah, it could have been the XT two, and and then. Mm-hmm. Saw the opportunity to form a good relationship with Fuji, the, the good crew to work with, and um, did the full swap over from there. So probably been with Fuji for That's five amazing. or six years. Sorry. And and then so the XT two was the 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 camera that was able to sell you to um to to switch over uh, that. Did you find? Uh, at that time, uh, were you doing more of the uh, ocean work or were you doing more of the commercial side uh, during that period? Oh, I was a combination of both. I it, it, The change wasn't just because I thought the camera was better. I probably actually didn't, to be honest. I just saw the opportunity um, there um, because I'd already formed the relationship with Fuji um, to, to go from there and I saw – that there was no other ocean photographers or surf photographers using Fuji, none that I knew of, and I, I saw it as a great opportunity. Yeah. And um, you can always make do with whatever camera you've got in your hand, you can always make do with. And I did love the – I was getting a little bit stagnant back then, but the, the feeling of photography from the Fuji, like the, the old-style dials, it felt like a – a little film camera and it was I, I did love that feeling so it was a combination of two things and then I changed over and I it was just it just worked out really well because um I've continued that relationship and then Fuji developed the GFX and I'm like wow this is and then I'm just starting to shoot because I've always when I'm shooting the ocean I'm I'm thinking I oh, mean how big can I blow this up in print because you, you need to give it a little bit of scale when you when you're looking at it in person i think because that's what it is it's a big piece of ocean and it's you know they're huge waves sometimes so when the gfx comes came in i I jumped on board that and um yeah i haven't looked back now for sure i probably it's just they've been great and every every camera company they they're all excelling somewhere 
you know, the, it might be the auto folks. Yeah. It might be the res. It's there's always something, but really, it's the the camera you got in in your hand, how it makes you feel, and if you're enjoying it, that's the best camera. Absolutely, and with uh, because you were uh, probably the only only uh, one in, in in the field that was doing any kind of like very heavy aquatic work, uh, were you able to share a lot, like from the XT2, uh, we, we, Fujifilm has come a long way, uh, to the, the, the brand new, uh, XH2. Were you able to offer your input as, as far as, uh, how you were using the cameras and what you needed out of them, uh, to, to make life easier, uh, in the water? Yeah, that's what I love about um, the, the Fuji crew. They do take all that on board. I mean, I did a – out of that X-T2, we did an exhibition from the shots in Japan and they, they flew me over there and then all of a sudden I was in a meeting with 10 or 12 Fuji crew from, you know, a range of different fields and they're just firing questions and I'm like, they might be listening here. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, it's – like, I've never had to deal with that before and, like – to give you an example, the XH2, you know, like the aperture comes out on obviously the lenses and I, what I have problems with with the housings I've used is you can't change the aperture on the lenses. It needs to be in camera somehow. And so I was, I was in that meeting going, I'd love if I could, you know, just be, be able to change the aperture with one of the, the dials. And they're like, oh, we can do that. I'm like, what do you, how, how do you do that? The aperture's on the lenses. And they said, oh, we can just make the, the auto or become like a, a mechanical and, and do it on the dial. And I said, you can just do that. And they're like, yeah. And the next, you know, I think the first camera that might have come out was the um, X-H1. You could do that. You know, you could, um, instead of changing the aperture on the lens, you could change it on the dials as well. And I was, I, I was, yeah. in my, so they obviously listened and it might have not just been me. But they, they do that for a range of their photographers. There's, I mean, I've spoke to a lot of Fuji users, um, ex-photographers that have all had input and um, they're always trying to – they're very passionate people, the, the Japanese Fuji crew for sure. They love it. They love their, their work. They're, they're always pretty good to deal with. I always love to hear the the, the – the way the their engineers are just also photographers. I, I love to. I I would love to see see this one day myself. But uh, you know, how do I get there? Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never um, gone to where they. Um, they're pretty secretive. They they do get some. Um, a few crew I know have been through the actual workshop. Where, but I've never been there. Oh, I meant the, the meetings. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. It's one of these days. It's quite interesting, the meetings, and they, they're, they're all very passionate about their fields and, and how they can improve. That's good. It's like, yeah, it's so good. You can see why there is improvement because just the way the, um, the people are themselves. Yeah, I, I don't think I could handle the actual. Uh, factory floor that that would be like 
uh, you know, the kids seeing the Wonka factory for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it for sure. I would have I been the first kid to be thrown out and they would sing the song about me. <laughs> that's classic. <laughs> um, and so, you know, let's, let's turn back the clock a, a little, a little bit more. Um, how do you, you you get to do the thing that you love while you're doing the thing that you love. Uh, you, you you have the dream within a dream. Um, what 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 dream came first? Uh, are you do you see yourself more as a uh, a surfer at heart that gets to photograph it, or are you a photographer that loves to surf and get to, you know get to do that? Well, I only got into photography by getting injured surfing. I I tweak my knee in the surf and um instead of sitting on the couch i had a friend um give me his dad's camera to come down and document him surfing and you know i, I still didn't really love it i i enjoyed it. it was something to do i, I like watching surfing i like watching but i was more like oh, i can't wait for my injury to um clear up and i get back out there and then that evolved into getting in the water with a camera like getting a old style water housing and then that's that's when I, I was thinking, oh, no, there's something to this. I love this because surfing is a competitive environment. You know, you'll have a number of surfers. There's only a certain amount of waves. They're trying to, they're trying to, you're trying to be the one on it. So it's quite competitive. And then I just found myself being the only one in the water with a camera, being able to swim where I want. And if you get a, a good photo, especially a wide angle in the surf, it's nearly like surfing yourself. You get the same the same feelings. You have the the water on your face. You have the you go over the falls. You have the breath holds. So once you get out out of the water, you know you've you expended a lot of energy, and you've also got that feeling of surf. But you also got to do that nearly like in a solo environment. So. That's when that feeling of surf photography evolved. But when I've come back to now, I probably I surf a lot more than I um, shoot in the water now. But um, because you know, when I first started, I was just trying to improve in everything, every facet of the game. I was like, just wanted to get better and better and better. So I felt like I've I've got to a level where I don't need as much practice. And um, I'm basically just sh- shooting when required for work or if um, I'm trying to work on a new body of work, I'll, I'll shoot. So I can just pick the eyes out of the conditions. Uh, awesome. And with uh, when you uh, realize that this can be a, a profession, like how, how did that lying across, like – you, you you fell in love with the photography um, because it allowed you to achieve the same like endorphin rush, but like how did that then cross the line to uh, being able to earn a dollar from it? I mean, because were, were you able to then go to uh, surf magazines? Um, I would have 20 years. Uh, we're, we're talking maybe around the early, early aughts. Um, early not. Yeah. We, that was, that would be like the magazines were still magazines. Were good. Yeah, <laughs> magazines were a thing, but still I wasn't like a huge name in photography. It's, 
I mean, I was lucky because I've been a, I was a fireman as well. So I had the fire, I was, you know, I could fall back on the fire brigade. So I got to focus on photography without the pressures. I didn't need to make money. And so I could go to, go to work and then I could focus on photography. And so I did that for, um, let's say 13 years. So I was a fireman and a photographer. And then just one day I decided, okay, I can, I can do the full photography game, but it's, it's not like, you know, you're all of a sudden you can do it and you're earning the fire brigade wage that that was far from it 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 was more the fact i was um choosing the lifestyle over doing both and i just i just you know i'd been to a lot of deaths in the fire brigade and um it was just one too many where i just i was getting lessons from being around that kind of environment because you know life can end and change in the blink of an eye so, and that kind of yeah. forced my hand in the way I just, look, I could, I could give this photography a nudge and, um, and make it work, but it's definitely been a grind. Um, and I've had to evolve because at that time, you know, magazines might've made up 30% of the income or 40% of the income from photography. And now I would, I would suggest that's probably 2% if you're lucky then, I mean, the magazines are, been and gone and so we've evolved with time and um we're lucky to still be i I consider myself quite lucky to be working in in the field like i'm i work for a a couple of brands now and um just supply all their content and then i work on my personal projects and just recently we developed a, a foundation so i work with kids that oh let's say they 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 would never normally get the opportunity to work with cameras. So whether that be yeah. through disability, financially, or um, location where they live. So the last um, year I've been really focused on working with. So I do three days a week with the kids, and and that's where I'm getting most of my inspiration now, for sure. Like going to, it certainly opens my eyes to you know just such a you know, they've got a really hard start to life. And, you know, if you can bring some sort of enjoyment through photography to to those kids, I, I get a huge buzz. Like I can go out and swim in incredibly big waves and, and get an amazing surf shot. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's pretty good. That's stock standard. But you spend a day with these kids and you're certainly inspired. That's amazing. The, the, the 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 what what's the name of the uh, foundation again? It's called Just so the foundation's called Desert Light Foundation, and we were lucky to be mentored by a good um, family friend called Quinn Beardman and, and his wife Susie. They run the Bundaroo Foundation. They it's very similar, but uh, the Bundaroo Foundation is is more is all about music. So we started documenting their journey because part of my work and where I get inspired is, is documenting people's journeys. And so Quinn got me into work with his foundation and um, and then I just found this little gap in the – just a little gap where, you know, he might have four or five kids come in to, to learn guitar or drums or whatever didgeridoo and um, 
all of a sudden I was getting one or two stragglers grabbing my camera and I'm starting to teach photography on the side while I'm doing a job for him. And so I'd been doing that for seven or eight years and then it evolved into the foundation becoming um, the Desert Light Foundation, certainly with their help. They're an amazing, amazing couple and their foundation's incredible. That is awesome, uh, being able to uh, teach the music side and for those that are are not inclined to it, uh, to, to teach the visual side. Uh, and the two absolutely go hand in hand. Um, so teaching a young generation to work together so that when they get older and famous yeah. to, to treat each other well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It's a lot of project-based stuff like um, Quinn might be uh, doing a new song or um, I've just been up at Warnham up in, at, in Kununurra, which is in the far north of WA, and, and the kids there were doing um, a new school song. They wanted to enter it into a competition, and we end up just shooting a – a music clip for them. So it's, it, we kind of go hand in hand and, um, yeah, definitely getting a few projects for them to work on and, and letting them come up with the ideas on, on how to do it. I, and I'm learning as well because I'm learning different new cultures as well, especially the Aboriginal culture and learning new, trying to learn new words. It's like I'll, I'll be dealing with 10 or 11-year-olds and I'm learning more from them than they're learning from me, I'm sure. Oh, that's oh, that's that's – that's what you know you're doing it right. The yeah, it's certainly enjoyable. Students teach the masters. <laughs> yeah, they're um, classic. <laughs> uh, what other opportunities were you able to to uh, experience? Uh, you know, with with, with the uh, ocean photography. I, I see that you have a, a, a documentary called One Shot. Yes, um, yeah, the the one-shot documentary just evolved from I've a good friend, Darren McKay. He was working uh, what we call FIFO, so they fly in and fly out and they'll work in the mines. They'll get good dollars for two weeks and they come back for two weeks or whatever their roster may be. And he was getting sick of that lifestyle and he picked up a video camera and I met him down at the beach and he come up and, he, he knew who I was, but he was asking for a few tips and how to get in into the, the surfing side of things. And I said, oh, look, it's a tough gig. And um, he said to me, um, oh, maybe I can just tag along with you and have you got anything coming up? And I said, oh, I'm just trying to at the moment um, change the way I shoot in the water because I'm, I'm just getting bored and, and tired of what I'm doing. And um, this is the goal I've come up with, which was – um, swimming in ginormous surf, getting a, a wide angle like with a fisheye, a photo of this certain wave, which normally it only ever gets toad surfed. It's a, it's a huge wave and um, I just needed to focus on that. And he said, oh, maybe we'll do a little documentary on it or just a little clip for YouTube. So, And I said, yeah, you're welcome. And then it just evolved into the documentary that you, you saw online um he showed a few people and they said oh and then they showed a few others and all of a sudden um abc a program here uh, a network here took it on board and we made the doco but it was um certainly rewarding there was it was just a matter of 
it's a bit of a long story, but I, I got in. I'll, I'll cut it down a bit. But we got. I got injured um, shooting this wave. I ended up breaking my leg, and whilst in the doctor's surgery, mm. I picked up a. I probably shouldn't name drop them, but like a Nat Geo magazine, and they had the. Oh, this is like 2010. I'm pretty sure. Um, the 10 best wildlife photos of the year, and it started at number yeah. 10. And I just started reading um, what these photographers, and I'm like, wow, he what he climbed up a tree and he stayed in there for four days to get this shot, and and you know all sorts of stories. And then it got up to number one, and it was a Bengal tiger coming out of the water. It was a beautiful photo, and then it, I I started to read the story, and while it was a, an amazing photo. Um, the photographer had shot in a zoo and then I'm thinking to myself hang on so they haven't taken anything into account of what the photographer the journey the photographer went through to get the shot which the previous nine's journey I found quite compelling but what it did yeah uh, for me was it, it said it kind of showed me what I was doing in in surf photography that's what I was doing like the, I wasn't shooting in a zoo, but I was shooting off the back of a jet ski with a long lens, and I was just capturing moment after moment after moment. And you could you could barely you'd never miss a moment because it, it was quite. I found it quite easy. Um, and while it might have been a beautiful moment in time, I didn't have a moment at all. It was, I was it was just a, it's just another photo, and. Um, and after reading that article, that's when I changed the way I, I, I kind of went back to the roots and why I enjoyed it in the first place. And that was um, getting back in the water and then just pushing those um, boundaries in larger surf, which you can't do without experience and you can't do without um, a lots of time in the ocean. So it's not like you can put anyone on the back of a jet ski, put a, give them a wetsuit and give them a long lens and they'll, they'll get moments. But getting off the ski, putting on a wide lens and swimming in the ocean, that then it gets pretty rare. It's, I mean, there's some amazing water photographers around the world, especially Hawaii produces a lot a lot of crew. But, um, yeah, that's a couple of levels above um, what I'd done in the past and there was certainly a build-up. It took, a, took me three years or two years to get that photo. And um, But it's, you know, I can look at that shot now and I can see – the growth and the journey behind it and and that's how I look at photos um I always wonder how photographers get certain shots and I try to put myself in their shoes and imagine how they got it um before I judge the actual shot itself like it's I'm thinking to myself how did they get it you know how creative is it how you know did they have to walk over mountains to get this shot you know I'm not too sure and always always intrigued, yeah. intrigued by that and i don't think um that happens happens overly a lot especially say in photo competitions it'll just be a, a you know it could be an action sports photography competition it's mainly just the moment it's never the the photographer's moment it's like i mean i look at mountain climbing photography and i'm thinking i could never take that shot because there's obviously five or six years of mountain climbing experience just to be in that position to take the photo that that's got to count for something. Man, I I could never do that. That's um, my my brother is very much into 
the mountain climbing, I am deathly afraid of heights. Oh, so am I. Like, that can so, happen. Uh, <laughs> 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 I find it funny that you, who conquers the ocean, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say I was afraid, afraid of heights. I'm not. I'm not afraid of heights. But to to get those shots, I can imagine how um, difficult it would be. And I obviously haven't got the experience to do that. Um, but I suppose if I'd put the next five years of focus on something like that, I, I could do it. But um, I'm going to stick to the water. I think <laughs> where it's nice and safe. <laughs> it's, it's safe. It's safe um, when it when it is, and when it's not, it's it's. Uh, it's a world with no oxygen, so it's uh, it's it doesn't feel safe when you've been held under for about a minute and you're thinking, "Am I coming up?" Then it then it starts getting a little tricky. Yeah, that is for certain. Um, is there uh, any kind of project? Uh, do you have? A, I don't want you to to give anything away if it's if it's. Uh, hush, hush. But uh, are you looking forward to future projects? Uh, anything that you'd like to share that is in, in the works? Yeah, I'm, we're opening up a, a new space at the end of the year. Like it's, um, it's wasn't on the radar for us to do. Like it just, it, it was just a lot more work. But a um, Christo Edwards from Edwards Winery approached me in the surf. We're just having a surf together. We surf together in the mornings and he said, oh, look, we're building a new cellar door on the winery and um, we want to convert the old aeroplane hangar into a, a new space. Do you want to do a gallery? And um, I'm thinking, no, not really. Like, you know, because <laughs> there's a lot of work that has to go into them. And But after having to think about it and with, with their help, um, that's just about ready. So... They've been wow. working on that. It's a massive space, but it's going to be a combination of a few things. So it's going to be a gallery. It's a big space, uh, full-time studio. It's got a couple of offices in there, and, um, yeah, it'll just have to evolve. So I've been working on a lot of different shots of the ocean for that because all my big pieces, are, or they'll all be one-off like I've done it in the past. So I'm just going out there to try to capture one shot and there'll be one print and, and that's it. I'll have a number of other sort of little pieces that will be multiple prints, but um, I kind of want to make it because the ocean, it, every wave's different. It happens once and um, I feel like I can sort of blow it up and portray it once and then that's it and then i have to go and find another moment in time and so i've been using the gfx to shoot all that so because i think the the 10 big pieces we've just put an order in for a um they're nearly i think what are they 100 centimeters i'm not sure what that is in inches by 180 so that fine detail so it's really wow. nice that is really that that's big that's that's gorgeous yeah it should be it should, um, it's gonna look pretty impressive i'll be pr like being able to go into a space and seeing the they're not to scale but they're they're not far off it so it's, it's good that's amazing um right on uh with um With the artwork and everything, um, like, 
each each wave that you photograph, uh, I, I'm, I'm still hung up on the the, the detail, and, and it, it, <laughs> I, I, I sit here dumbfounded um, because like like each shot, it it do you in that editing process, like do you have a certain emotion that goes through while editing? Like does that uh kind of change the way the the print is or, or or the way the 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 composition is like um give me a little bit more detail on, on like on, on the what goes into yeah it, it's yeah. not so much in the editing it's more the when i'm when i'm there like you you're trying to find a lot of these locations and finding new ocean formations and and something different to shoot or how the wave is on the day, how the light is. Um, a lot of those, a lot of the places um, we're exploring as well. We're trying to find new locations. So, and then once you're there, you, you in your mind, you're trying to um, shoot a different way or a shoot way that's a little extra challenging. So there, there is a little bit of a story behind each shot. And then, obviously, with the the GFX, you're only really getting one shot of wave, so it's that that one moment in time you want to you you want to try to capture. And you know that might take a a number of a number of attempts for sure, and, and different journeys and different trips down the coast. And then the editing editing is just I don't go overboard. I, I will never. I don't take anything out of my images. It's just adding a little bit of um, how I see it on the day. Like obviously, it's quite contrasty there's good detail and, and stuff like that i'm i'm not there to change colors or add add or take away from the image it's um it's pretty much how it happened and um and then it just comes into editing for the print so you know that's it there's i i'm i don't spend like all the time is spent on exploring and swimming and capturing. The editing is like yeah. I'm to give an example, it, it would be I would say a minute maximum, like on an image. It's okay. Yeah, it's just really simple. The bit of contrast, bit of clarity, play around with the white balance if I already have it in camera and and that's it. And, you know, obviously if there's a few dust spots on the thing i get rid of those so i'll, I'll give myself that i can get rid of the dust spots out of my sensor <laughs> but it's yeah. um apart from that no i don't i don't um look at it on screen and and think i can manipulate it this way to look like that i might not even i maybe i would if i had the um photoshop skills but i don't i've never really spent too much time on it and it's just a matter of just just getting it out how I would have presumed it looked on the day because, you know, obviously you're shooting, I'm shooting raw file and um, so I'm just adding in what what should have been in there if, if it came out of camera as a JPEG. Do you have any kind of favourite JPEGs? Um, uh, is, is it truly sti- uh, strictly raw or uh, are, are there times where you, you've – enjoyed the one of the film simulations and, and try to get as close as you can with the raws 
Yeah, like I'll sometimes if I'm like shooting um, for a client, I might shoot raw and JPEG and just send them the JPEG straight out of camera because it's just it's all done. It's quick. It's I don't I don't have to spend any time. The less time I have to spend on the computer, the better. Um, I mean, the film simulations they're pretty good with their color Fuji, and um, each one sort of like the Valvia is like old Valvia film. So I can shoot from the water and, and shoot raw and JPEGs and just send clients the JPEG straight out of the camera a, a lot of the times. And then, um, you know, you, you can you can play around with them, but I do tend to just shoot raw uh, and then do my quick edits and then save, save on file as raws and, and just have a file of my... All, all the adjustments I've done, so it's, it's yeah, but it's not like I'm spending hours and hours on the computer. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I should have said this at the very beginning, uh, but we, we got right into it. Um, what? Where can people find your work uh, on Instagram and your website? Um, they, anybody should have already been looking you up prior to to, to this uh, interview. I, but uh, it would have been great to see, and you know, for I, I should have said something in, in the beginning. Is what oh, I'm no, saying. that's all right. But where yeah. can they find you on the web? On the web, it's just my um, website, which is russellordphoto.com. Um, it's pretty pretty simple. Uh, and then you can find all the links from there or on Instagram. It's at Russell Lord Photo. So it's, yeah, they're all pretty linked up. Right on, man. Um, man, I, I could keep keep going on and on. Um, again, you are, your work is just amazing. Uh, you, 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 your, your surfing work is uh is awesome the way you document uh the the you know the 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 life of a surfer is amazing and we we didn't even go into like some of the the kind of like the candid stuff that you do with people uh doing the board work uh on on land um because that is a whole other topic that i'd love to explore with you in another (laughs) No. Uh, conversation. No, yeah, um, good. right on. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll save it for part two. Uh, I'd love to have you back on to talk more shop and, and, and more, uh, of their artistic stuff. Um, but until then, man, thank you so much for being on the show and, uh, hope to have you back soon. No, thanks for having me and congratulations on all the on the work you do, especially behind the scenes to be able to produce a quality podcast. It's uh, I've always thought about dabbling in it myself and soon realized how much work goes into it. So, yeah, congratulations <laughs> to you as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Cheers, Mark. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter 
Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.